It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, boys and girls, to another episode of Future Brew from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me, as always, my co-host, John Simmons. John, how you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty well, considering. Uh, recovering from last weekend, but hopefully Rutgers gives us a good chance to uh, jump on a worse team than us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you would imagine so, considering... How Rutgers has been the last few years and yeah. the domination that Michigan has had over Rutgers. So you, you would think that Michigan gets a bounce back win after last week's debacle at Camp Randall. But um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about recruiting football and basketball recruiting. And we are here with you on September 24th, heading into September 25th. And uh, let's get the show rolling. Uh, like like we said, the the debacle in Camp Randall last week, you would think that some of these recruits that Michigan's going after would maybe start looking elsewhere, start rethinking, hey, maybe uh, maybe Michigan isn't the school for me. Maybe I won't find success there because of how badly they got beaten, on, literally on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively. Uh, it, it was just bad all around. So whether you're a cornerback a wide receiver, a, a safety, it, it doesn't really matter. It, everybody looked bad, and you you can certainly imagine that some of these recruits are probably probably looking at some other places perhaps after this past game. But but some of these recruits actually came out and said that, you know, it, it, it's not as bad as, 
as some of the other recruits are probably taking it. I spoke with a few of these guys, and I'll, I'll just get your take on each one of these here real quick, John. I, the, the first guy I spoke with was Jamari Budden, in-state linebacker. I asked him what he thought of the game, and he, he, he said that he thought it was just some mental mistakes. But for the most part, he said, for the most part, everyone has bad games, but people are going to try and knock them for for it. But the bounce back is going to be crazy, just believe. So pretty positive response from Jamari, honestly. Yeah, sometimes I think the recruits and commits in this process are, can be a little more mature about their response than the fans of the team. Um, I mean, they obviously have to have a good rational look at everything because they're considering all these schools. So I think that gives them a little bit of a chance to step back and kind of assess uh, what's going on. And obviously if this keeps happening, then I think it's going to be worse, but I think they can take this shoulder, this one loss and say that the, yeah, there are some definitely some negatives, but if they can turn it around and, you know, yeah. they've been hearing a bunch of stuff from the coaches as they're recruiting them. So I think they're more likely to believe in the, the outcome, the positive outcome of the team than some of the fans who have been following for a while. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and I, I think everybody at this point within Shem Beckler Hall knows how bad of a loss that was and how unacceptable it was. Jim Harbaugh even said that in his weekly press conference on Monday from A to Z. It was it, it just wasn't acceptable. And, and I think the players and all the coaches know that as well. And I would imagine that most of these recruits probably know that too. But another one that I spoke with, which was kind of a lukewarm reaction, I would say, was from Yanni Karlaftis, the four-star linebacker in the 2021 class. He said, Wisconsin played really good and their defense seemed to click, but Michigan did fine. (laughs) (laughs) Michigan did fine. I, I, I think that's a... A bit of an exaggeration that they did fine. I wouldn't say that they did fine. I don't think a lot of other people would say they did fine, but but I don't know. I mean, as a recruit, you probably have to limit your response to not say, yeah, Michigan played like garbage. But uh, <laughs> if they're getting recruited by these schools, they don't want to openly say stuff like that, which I can definitely understand. Um, but yeah, a, a bit of a different response compared to Jamari right there for sure. Yeah, and I think Karlaftis is considering Wisconsin pretty highly, too, in his top group. So he is. I think it's uh, definitely a reason why we can point out uh, how well Wisconsin did. But, yeah, sometimes it's better to not say anything than yeah. if you can't say anything nice. Yep, it, it's, that's what mom always taught you. If you can't say anything <laughs> nice, don't say anything at all. But, um, but yeah, no, he, he definitely is getting recruited. Uh, quite good by Wisconsin and he's heavily considering Wisconsin among some other uh, big 10 schools. I don't think Michigan's going to be much of a factor here moving forward. I, I, uh, I asked him if, if he's less likely to visit Michigan because of the game now. And he said, no, but uh, I, I just don't see Michigan being much of a factor here moving forward with some of the other recruits that they're going to be going after. And just with Yanni being so open I, I just don't see Michigan being the eventual landing spot here. Yeah, we'll see for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of I do agree that things seem to have cooled a little bit with Karlaftis. I think last year when he was visiting with his brother all the time, 
he seemed very high in Michigan, but I don't really get that sense anymore. I think his other schools <clears throat> have started to recruit him and he's taken trips on his own, mm-hmm. you know, being his own recruit. It's kind of changed. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll go through these last two real quick. I, I also spoke with uh, 2021 defensive lineman Aaron Armitage and Quentin Somerville. And Quentin Somerville said that it was a tough loss. I think it was a good wake-up call. So maybe get things going here, uh, pretty much is what he's saying for Michigan. Aaron pretty much said the same thing. He said, tough loss, lots of mental mistakes. They are a lot, they are a lot of a better team than that. I know they'll come back stronger. So kind of in the same sense of Jamari saying um, that games like this happen, but it's just all about the response of the team, pretty much is what he's saying. So more of a uh, more of an optimistic response from from Aaron, much like Jamari. Right, and I think it's a, these two defensive line guys. It's a good chance for the staff to pounce on and say, "Hey, we need you. Look at that game. We need more beef on the defensive line. Try to make some uh, silver lining out of it and use it to recruit yeah. some more um, good." players across the line yeah and and that is probably the biggest concern right now is on that defensive line you don't you don't have a ton of big boys on the interior and they they weren't seemingly getting much pressure on Jack Cohn this past weekend and I know that Wisconsin's got a really good offensive line they always do but for Michigan having the defensive line that they had had over the last few years with guys like Taco Charlton Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, guys like that, you would think that they'd be able to get some pressure on the quarterback a little more than what they have this season, and, and they just haven't for some reason. So th- those guys got to make it click. And maybe some of these defensive linemen recruits, like you said, will see that and kind of think, hey, maybe uh, maybe I can be a difference maker. Maybe I can play early. Maybe I can get in there and and, and create those quarterback pressures and those sacks that they're not getting right now. So it's definitely good to see all that. Um, I, I want to talk real quick about a guy that's already committed to Michigan, A. Henning, um, 2020 recruit, wide receiver. At this moment, he's the top-ranked recruit in the 2020 class for Michigan. He kind of reaffirmed his commitment on Twitter. Uh, I know that Alan Triu from 24-7 Sports had a story about him saying that other schools have been reaching out to him, but he's 100% committed to Michigan. And A.J. Henning kind of quote tweeted that tweet from Allen and said 100% hashtag go blue. So it's always good to see things like that when you've got guys locked in. And even when facing adversity, these guys go out of their way to say, hey, just because they lost this weekend doesn't mean I'm going to jump off ship. I'm, I'm going to stay on board and see how all this stuff plays out and, and stay committed to my guys. Right. I I know I was I read that story and I saw the same thing you did about him saying other schools are going after him, but he was 100 percent committed. But my first thought was, well, that would have been an interview on Friday night before the game. So how does he really feel after, you know, the beatdown that Michigan got? But it's really good to see that he was, you know, out on social media reaffirming that even after the fact. And he definitely wasn't the only one out there. I know Braden McGregor got a little snipe from a Notre Dame fan asking him if he wants to reconsider, but McGregor said, not a chance, hashtag go blue. And a bunch of guys retweeted it. Zach Center retweeted it. AJ Henning retweeted it. So I think there's still positive vibes coming out on 
with some commits on uh, social media, which is always good because you need to keep up that positive attitude towards the program and kind of try to keep that momentum going and starting with the guys who are currently committing is a good start. Yeah, most certainly. You definitely don't want to piss off the guys that have been committed for a super time and then have something weird happen and then all of a sudden they start looking elsewhere. Uh, that would probably be the last thing that you would want to do. But but no, it, it's definitely good to see that, that most of these guys are, are sticking together and aren't letting one little loss here um, kind of get in their way of getting to Ann Arbor and kind of accomplish, try, try and accomplish those that they had originally uh, had in mind when they committed to Michigan. So do you think that, that this, if the season continues to go this way though, do you think we'll see more guys at Michigan's recruiting currently start to look elsewhere and maybe some of these commits start to look elsewhere if things go like really, really bad? Like I'm talking seven and five, somewhere in that ballpark. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's inevitable to lose a couple. I know a lot of people are scared and we're saying stuff online about like, you know, the, the half the class is going to decommit and things like that. And I think that's a little over exaggeration. I think every year there's going to be decommits. Um, and I think if these losses keep piling up like that, there's definitely going to be a few related to <clears throat> the future of the program. You know, guys seeing like this isn't the progress that I'd hope to see in the program and kind of looking around. But I think it's going to be less of an effect on the 2020 class because most of these guys have been committed for so long and it's already, uh, what, about three months away from their signing day. I think that it'll have more of an impact on the 2021 class for sure um, because they still have, you know, this is their a big time when they're first, you know, going on visits by themselves and um, being recruited. And if they're seeing like, the direction the program's going, they're not going to want to take visits. They're not going to uh, have that uh, good positive vibes towards Michigan. So I think it'll have a more worse impact down the road for 2021, which would hurt a lot more, I think, because 2021 is looking right now before this game to set up really well uh, for Michigan. So hopefully. Yeah. You you would hope so for for a few aspects, but definitely for the aspect of, recruiting you would hope so because there have been a few commits and I I won't name names or go out of my way to 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 talk about certain players but there have been a few guys in the class that have taken some visits elsewhere don't really seem a hundred percent committed even though they are verbally at the moment you could certainly see I, I me personally I could see probably two to three guys flipping at some point which, like you said, un- uh, decommitments happen every year, no matter what. Well, one of Michigan's earliest commitments in the cycle last year, uh, the defensive lineman who eventually committed to Stanford, his name is escaping me right now, but he – what is it? Stephen Heron. Stephen Heron. Stephen yes, Heron. thank you. He ended up decommitting, and he was one of Michigan's very first commits in that class. He was like the third or fourth guy who committed. It was a summer commitment. And then he eventually flipped, went to Stanford. So things like this happen. It's inevitable. It happens every year. It happens to every school, even the Clemsons and Alabamas of the world, even though Michigan fans seemingly think that Alabama and Clemson never get decommits. They never get guys transfer out of the program. Everything's just uh, sunshine and rainbows over in 
over in Clemson and Alabama. That's just not the case. This happens to every school all the time. It's just inevitable. Kids, kids decommit or flip or or transfer for whatever reason. There are a lot of reasons for kids to do all this stuff. Uh, you know, big losses like this that Michigan just took. That's included in there. And if if these continue to pile up, like we alluded to. And I don't think that they will continue to pile up, by the way. I, I, I think that they'll probably get to around nine wins, ten wins this year. But if the losses do continue to pile up in an embarrassing fashion, then I could certainly see some of these guys that are already openly looking elsewhere decommit, maybe go somewhere else. Or maybe some of these guys that aren't looking elsewhere begin to look elsewhere and then make a final decision, probably, like you said, in December during the early signing period, or maybe they'll hold off and wait until February to see what happens then. But that is a long ways away and I'm not going to be too pessimistic about it because I'm usually not that kind of guy. I usually see the glass uh, half full instead of half empty, but uh, I, I, I guess we will just have to wait and see how all this plays out. And I'm sure that I'm sure that Michigan will rebound against Rutgers. I don't think there will be any uh, negative comments about commitments or or recruits or anything like that during this upcoming week. So, Jonathan, do you have any uh, final comments on this before we uh, before we move on here? Um, I think it's just important to uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, differentiate from guys who are already looking around before this game and guys who will decommit because of the these losses so like people that are taking visits already they obviously were weren't 100 percent before these games happened so the losses might be the factor that you know pushes them out of the door eventually but i think if a decommit happens whether it be next month or by december people will point to a bad season being the case mm-hmm. if it continues that way but i think that you have to look at when they started wavering or not to uh, determine, yeah. like, you know, what was the actual factor here. But that's, you know, just some, like, providing context for a person's, you know, recruitment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there have been some guys that have been looking around, you know, maybe the last few weeks, and then there have been some guys looking around the last few months. So it, it that definitely does play a role into it, for sure. Uh, that's a really good point, John. But we are going to uh, take a small break here. We will be right back and we'll talk about more Michigan football and we'll throw some basketball recruiting mix in here. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back, and we are going to wrap up today's show with some not-so-great news. We had two recruits commit to programs that were not named the University of Michigan. And we'll start with football, as we mostly do. We'll start with football. Ryan Linthicum, the uh, top-ranked center in the country in the 2021 class, a few days ago committed to the University of Clemson, which was the biggest competition for Michigan in that recruitment. For a long time, it seemed like Linthicum was leaning toward Michigan, and then Clemson kind of stepped in there and said, hey, check out all these trophies we have. Check out all these wins we have. We're a great program. It's all family-oriented, much like Michigan. Kind of swayed towards Clemson and then locked it in just a couple days ago that he was committed to Clemson. So, John, what was your first reaction when you saw this? Because I was honestly a little surprised that it came so soon. I was – it was unexpected maybe right now, but not totally shocking. Um, but before when uh, before his visit this weekend, a couple crystal balls for Clemson came in. So maybe there's an inkling that he would have – he would commit this weekend. Um, Linthicum's like very – on Twitter and stuff, he's very – exorbitant he's uh excitable and he talks a lot about clemson and michigan coming up to this he's uh the number one player in 2020 brian greasy is committed to clemson and his teammate um at damascus so that's always been his main relationship with linthicum and so he'll shout out clemson a bunch because of bracy um but the one thing that was giving michigan fans hope i mean he's visited a bunch and obviously gave good indications towards Michigan, but he also was really tight with J.J. McCarthy. Um, That was one of the big targets that McCarthy locked in on to try to get to Michigan. Um, He was always calling him, you know, the best QB in the nation, things like that. So that was kind of the relationship that uh, I was hoping that would pull him towards Michigan. But I think, you know, having Bracey on his team um, is a little bit harder to overcome. And obviously Clemson is – recruiting juggernaut in the country right now so when they want someone um it'll be hard to overcome them but luckily Michigan still has a couple center targets on the board that they can go after um but yeah it still uh is rough to lose you know the number one center in the country top 100 guy yeah definitely most agreed with uh with what you pretty much just said all of it it it, it is rough it it it's disappointing that it happened so soon that it happened this early in the juncture, uh, but, but more kids are starting to commit early or, and, and, and early, like a year ahead of time. And I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that moving forward. So if Michigan wants to get their hands on some of these big time recruits that they're going after that have offers from pretty much everybody in the country, you're going to have to throw your hat in very early. You're going to have to, make bonds with the with the kid and their family very early. You're going to have to get them on campus very early. And you're just going to have to do pretty much everything a year ahead of time. And I, I think that's just how recruiting is, is going nowadays. And I think that's just how it's going to be moving forward. 
in Limpicum's standpoint, like you said, with him, with his teammate Brian Breesy, the number one kid in the country in 2021, I can certainly understand why he did it. And just to lock in, just to be able to throw all of the the doubt out the window as to you know, it, I, I'm sure he had apparel from both Clemson and Michigan, and I'm sure that he rocked apparel from Clemson and Michigan at school all the time. And it probably just got to the point where his teammates were saying, hey, is it going to be Clemson? You're going to go with Brian or are you going to go to Michigan? Well, I mean, which one is it? And uh, I, I'm sure some of the coaches probably gave him that as well. But but I, I certainly cannot blame him for committing to Clemson. It's a great program, great coaches, great tradition. And you got your teammate going there as well. It's it's literally it's the best of both worlds for him, honestly. So could be happier for the kid, but like you said, you would have hoped that JJ McCarthy's relationship with him would have turned the tide a little bit. But it seems like his relationship with Brian Breesy was a little little too much at this point to uh, to overcome anything and and to get him on the Maize and Blue bandwagon. So. We um looks like Michigan now will have to look elsewhere at the center position. John, who do you think is one guy that they'll probably pursue the hardest now that Lithicum committed to Clemson? Well, they won't have to go far to look for their next target. Uh, Raheem and- Anderson is the number two center in the country yep. ranked right now for 2021. Um, he's from Cast Tech in Detroit. Um, he's got 100% crystal balls to Michigan. He's right in the top 200 four-star. Um, so I think they had a great, uh, you know, backup option waiting right there for the um, for them. I don't. I feel like there's not going to be too much standing in the way between Anderson committing to Michigan now. Um, maybe the the staff was slow playing him a bit while waiting for Linthicum to decide. But now that that's cleared, I could see Anderson joining um, the fold whenever he wants to. Yeah, I, he he's certainly the go-to guy now. He he's a he's a four-star. He, he's he's starting to roll in some more offers here. He's got Michigan, he's got Maryland, LSU, Kentucky, Iowa State, Missouri, Syracuse, West Virginia being the big ones. He's starting to roll in some more offers now. I, I can certainly see Ed Warner turning up the heat in this recruitment to try and get him locked in because. You know that you're going to need a center in this class because Cesar Ruiz will be gone by the time that uh, these guys get on campus. So you're definitely going to need at least one. And I think Raheem Anderson is probably probably the most likely that, that they would go after, especially just because he's an in-state kid. You always want to recruit really well in-state, especially if they're high-ranked like these guys, like Raheem Anderson, like Rocco Spindler, like a lot of these guys that they're going after in this 2021 class. And already being 6'3 at 298 pounds, he'll probably mold really well into the center body that Ed Warner wants and Ed Warner needs. So I I could certainly see Raheem Anderson start to get a, a couple more letters in the mail every week, start to get a few more calls, a few more texts every week. And I, I'm sure that they're going to ramp up this recruitment pretty quick here. Are there any other centers that you Definitely. think that uh, Michigan could go after other than Raheem Anderson? Because it, it, it doesn't really seem like there are a ton of other options at the moment. Maybe James Brockermeyer. Uh, that's really the only guy that I can think of off the top of my head. 
Yeah, Rockermeyer is interesting because the reaction to Linthicum committing to Clemson was a lot of relief by Texas fans that the Brockermeyer, James Rockermeyer is the center. His brother, Tommy Brockermeyer, is like the a top five guy. tackle in 2021. Yeah, and so it seemed like um, apparently the, the one school Texas fans were nervous about was Clemson. And now that they have Linthicum in the fold at center, they're, the Texas fans are viewing it as clearing up the path for them to take Brockermeyer as their center and get Tommy along as well. And I don't think <clears throat> there's too much cause to concern anyway because the Brockermeyers are uh, Longhorn legacies. Um, I think it'll be an upset if anyone else lands them, but Michigan did offer them um, over the winter or spring. I can't remember exactly when they came up and visited um, Ann Arbor, which is not nothing coming from Texas, but I think it'll be uh, a tough pull for uh, Michigan to get Brockermeyer. But the one there's another in-state center that Michigan's offered in Davion Weatherspoon from Harper Woods, also in Detroit. Um, he's lower ranked. He's a three-star in about the 600s. Um, he's got a Michigan offer along with Kentucky, um, Central Michigan, and then a couple FCS schools. So he's really not uh, – his recruitment hasn't really blown up yet. Um, we'll see if it ever does, but I think he's kind of like a break glass in case mm-hmm. of emergency guy. Um, he's 6'2", 310, so he's a bit of a smaller frame for an offensive lineman at FBS level, but uh, he can definitely be someone to keep your eye on uh, moving forward if something happens with Anderson. Yeah, definitely. And I think that Brockermeyer in, 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 in the recruitment of him it's going to be interesting to see if him and his brother are a package deal because I asked him a while back if they were, and he said not necessarily. So it doesn't sound like they're ruling it out. It seems like a, a decent possibility. But he says that he wants to narrow his schools down next summer. So it seems like that recruitment's going to kind of be a little slower than some of the other ones. It's It sounds like he and Tommy are probably going to take their sweet time with everything and check out all the options possible. But he said that he does have a good relationship with Ed Warner and he's high on Michigan. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get James and maybe even Tommy back on campus at some point uh, for a game this season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Weatherspoon would probably be the the most likely candidate just because he is in state. And it, like you said, break, glass in case of emergency kind of guy just in case anything weird happens with Anderson and the unlikelihood of Rockermeyer actually coming to Michigan so we'll have to wait and see on that one but and if if Michigan doesn't land a guy who's you know listed as a center on their player profile page it's not the end of the world for the position I mean guys anyone in the interior should be able to play across the line like I know for example like 2019 class both Nolan Rumler and Zach Carpenter have been talked about as future centers, even though they were listed as yeah. guards. So they don't need to land someone as a center. And there's usually not too many guys rated as centers. Like Cesar Ruiz, who is a top 50 player at the position, is a bit of an outlier because most guys who are the best offensive linemen on their team play tackle until they get to, you know, the college, uh, their their yeah. college team. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens all the time. And, and, and these guys fluctuate all the time too. I mean, we've even seen it this year with Ryan Hayes playing at left tackle, playing at right tackle, moving all over the board. Um, you know, at, at one point 
Well, Ruiz played right guard for a little bit his true freshman year, but I think that was more so out of uh, necessity than anything, just because the offensive line was so bad that year that they had to get him in there somewhere. But yeah, and Chuck Filiaga being another example, he was recruited as an offensive tackle, and he's playing left guard right now, so it it, right. it happens all the time. But yeah, I could certainly see Rumler, one of those kind of guys, being the center moving forward if Ruiz were to leave early after this season, which at this point I don't think will happen because the offensive line isn't playing very well. But if things get turned around, maybe he looks toward the NFL and and, and get, has his sights on that. And Michigan would probably be forced at that point to play a redshirt freshman at center. But that will be remain to be seen. Speaking of center, though, let's shift to basketball to end the discussion here. Another guy that committed the, over this past week elsewhere, not to Michigan, was, and this one hurts, five-star center Walker Kessler was being very heavily recruited by John Beeline before he left to go to Cleveland, and Jawan Howard continued to recruit him, visited with him a few times, made it, made sure that, that he was their top target at the center position in the 2020 class. He commits to the University of North Carolina just a couple days ago. What were your first initial thoughts on this one, John, and how, how surprised were you? Because, uh, again, this was another one where the crystal ball was leaning toward Duke, in this recruitment, there were a couple for North Carolina, but it, the timing of this one seemed a little odd too to me, kind of like Limpicum. Yeah, it was just kind of another gut punch after a crappy weekend to see the top center target go somewhere else. And yeah, it came out of the the blue to for him to go to North Carolina. It would seem to be Auburn, Duke, or Michigan were his top three. He never officially uh announced a top group but from all the reporting around him those seem to be the top schools but he took a visit to you know North Carolina to Durham they he obviously liked what he saw and decided to pull the trigger um we'll see what happens moving forward but I don't think he's a guy that's gonna look around once he committed he seemed to have a really good handle on what he was looking for and wanted to make the best decision before he um you know finally announced but yeah, it's kind of a shocking uh, shocking announcement, but UNC, of course, is always going to get the guys that they want. Well, it's, it's also shocking to me, especially for North Carolina, because now they have two five-star centers committed to their class. They, well, Kessler's ranked a bit higher, two spots higher than Deron Sharp, another mm-hmm. center mm-hmm. in the 2020 class. So it, it's, it's really interesting to see that happen. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if Deron Sharp ends up looking elsewhere perhaps because Kessler's now committed and seems like nowadays once you get another guy the same position as you to commit maybe you start looking elsewhere kind of like quarterback for football but it now seems like the attention will be shifted to four-star center Hunter Dixon for Michigan's sake and he, he's a bigger guy he's seven foot two 255 he's from Maryland He's a fringe five-star. A couple crystal balls to Notre Dame at this point, but I, I will certainly uh, imagine that that Jawan Howard and, and those guys start ramping up the recruitment for Hunter Dixon because it, at this point you're going to absolutely need a center out of this class. It, it's a necessity. Yeah, definitely. They got a, a 
hole to fill um, following, you know, Teske and Austin Davis, I think is out of eligibility yeah. after this year. Um, so yeah, turn the heat up on Dickinson. He goes to DeMatha in Maryland. Um, I don't know if anyone, that's probably Howard Isley's uh, recruiting area being the, the Philly guy. Cause that's pretty close. Um, I know it's tough to go against a Catholic school for Notre Dame, but I think that Michigan can turn up the heat here. I'm not, I'm looking at the targets list. There doesn't seem to be too many other centers that Michigan's in on. So they're going to have to uh, push hard for Dickinson. um, Who's already taken his official visit. Um, Hopefully it was enough to now kind of push him towards Michigan. Yeah. You would either hope that you turn up the heat for Dickinson or that Kessler decides, Hey, maybe I shouldn't be here because there's another center committed and looks elsewhere decommits perhaps. That's what you would hope for. That that would be the best case scenario. But Hunter Dickinson would be a, a pretty solid consolation prize, honestly. Like I said, he's a bigger guy. I don't really I, I haven't seen a whole lot of film on him, so I don't know what his shooting ability is like. Mm-hmm. But I mean if he's a high ranked recruit like like all these other guys that Michigan's recruiting, he he must be pretty good uh all around, I would imagine. But yeah, a couple crystal balls to Notre Dame. He's also being heavily recruited by Purdue, Louisville, Florida State, some of those other schools in the ACC. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here at the center position for Michigan basketball. But John Teske leaving, you're going to have to fill that void with somebody. And you would hope that if you don't get Kessler, you would get Dickinson. And if you don't get Dickinson, I honestly have no idea who they're going to go after at this point because, I mean, just looking at the, the center's list here, there are a um, few guys that they have offers for, but no one that they're really going hard after anymore. I think one name that's familiar to me is Zach Loveday. Yeah, that was the one, too, for me. Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. He, his top three, like his schools he seems to be interested in are Baylor, Louisville, and Ohio State. He's got a crystal ball to Baylor, which seems odd to me. Um, Louisville and Ohio State seem a lot closer. Um, he's been, uh, yeah, he was offered by the staff a while ago, I think. Um, Beeline offered I mean, he's him. Taking, yeah, I think, oh, he's taken two official visits to Baylor because I think they had a coaching change. So that's probably a good way that they uh, um, got him on campus, you know, a couple times and kind of took the lead here. But I think Michigan could definitely – you know, look down south to get a lot of good basketball players from Ohio in their program under Beeline. So uh, hopefully they can uh, go go after Love Day, I guess, if Dickinson doesn't work out. But I think uh, Jawan Howard just got to go watch some tape, expand the board a little bit, and start looking around for some other guys. Yeah, it's, it's crunch time for basketball recruiting. They're going to need to do it quick here if uh... – if Dickinson doesn't work out and if Kessler stays true to his commitment to UNC, it, it's going to be an interesting few months for basketball recruiting. I'll, I'll tell you that much. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of sucks that, uh, that your top target's already gone, but you got to just look forward and move on and see who else you're able to get for this 2020 class. Cause the 2020 class can still be a good one. You, you just got to make the most of it and you got to narrow down your, who you really want in the class and just go hard after those couple guys, you know, maybe go after, you know, really hard two or three guys, because that's all you'll really need out of this class. If you get three or four total commitments, obviously you would want more just because of all the attrition that's going to happen. 
with Xavier Simpson going to go uh, probably try for the NBA after his senior season. John Teske, we've already talked about. Austin Davis is going to be gone, and who knows what guys will transfer out of the program with it being a new regime. You see that happen quite often. You're going to need a few guys in this class. It won't be the worst thing if you only get three or four. You can bring in some transfers as well to negate whatever transfers you lose. So it'll certainly be interesting and something to monitor definitely over the next few months to see who they're able to uh, go after pretty hard here and who they're able to get on campus and who they're able to eventually land a commitment from. It'll be very interesting to see all this play out, John, that's for sure. Definitely. So is there uh, anything else that you wanted to discuss real quick about basketball or, or football before we wrap up? Nope, I think we covered it all. Yeah, okay. Pretty light week, but I think we did a good work here. It, it, it was a light week for recruiting. Hopefully we can come back next week and and talk some good news because I, I, I feel like today's episode was all all pessimistic and all, all negative news, and, and that'll happen sometimes. But But we will be back next week, next Wednesday, as always. But until then, give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow me at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, what is your Twitter handle, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. Awesome. And be sure to follow Mason Brew on all the socials. Twitter is at Mason Brew. Like us on Instagram. You can like us on Facebook. And please subscribe. Leave a review for all of our shows on the podcast network here. Search Mason Brew Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify. Pretty much wherever you get your podcasts will probably be. And if it's not there, Please send us a message. Let us know, and we'll try to get it on there as soon as possible. But tomorrow, we will be back with a brand-new episode of Out of the Blue. Jared and Andrew will come out of their drunken stuber and probably probably just go right back into it because that's what Jared and Andrew do. So for now, for Future Brew, we will be back next Wednesday. My name is Vaughn. His name is John. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much. Go Blue. See ya.